<clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Rosen Balls, uh, where the KD stuff just will not go away. This is this is one of the most like longest annoying rumors. It's always it's frustrating when this happens, but you know, talent demands a trade. Durant and now there's rumors of him holding out, right? And the Nets might have a game of chicken on their hand, which is frustrating. And they don't have a ton of good offers either. So there's a couple different routes Brooklyn could go here. Let's, let's, we're going to play a little chess game, put ourselves in their position. So I think as we previously stated, right, it, you know, Brooklyn, it doesn't help Brooklyn um, doing, you know, trading him, right? And, and obviously it's more advantageous if they hold on to him because I think their goal, Joe Sy has dictated this, they just want to win a title, right? They, they want to come as close as possible to contending right now. So there's no deal out there. We, we've, we've really discussed this ad nauseum where it's going to lead to, um, you know, Brooklyn getting anywhere closer to a title than they are right now. Their best chance to win a title right now is to just hold on to the team. Okay. They, you know, your, your hope is Simmons is resurrected somewhat. I don't know the rumors about the WhatsApp chat, but you hope Simmons is somewhat the old Simmons to an extent. And the old, I don't even mean like prime Simmons. I mean the Simmons before Sol Fiasco came. And he plays himself into that. But with Durant and, and Kyrie Irving, if they could play enough games, and I think you know Kyrie is incentivized at least to be more committed this year. Durant's always always shows up. So if those two come with Simmons and the other pieces they made, I'm not going to sneeze at you. Know, like Royce O'Neal is a really good talent, okay? Um, so having Royce, having, you know, let's just real quick, let's just go through Brooklyn's rotation if they keep it next year, okay? It would probably be something like, I would assume, Kyrie... Um, at the two, you're looking at, you know, maybe you, you start Simmons at the one and Kyrie at the two, which I think is actually an interesting idea. Royce and at the three, Kevin Durant at the four, and then Claxton at the five. That's a great lineup. You want to close with a more offensive-lended lineup, you could close with Seth Curry in there. You close with Joe Harris in there instead of Claxton or T.J. Ward instead of Claxton. It's a great lineup, right, where Simmons shifts to more big man spot. So there's a lot of options here that Brooklyn could take. Um, and then contend. And then you got to figure if they, if the team, you know, kind of stays together, Simmons comes back and all that, they're honestly as good as anybody to, to win the East. You know, the Celtics, I think, are, are a threat. And the Bucks are a threat. Those are, the, to me, a clear top three. So they're definitely in that position. But if Durant is holding out, okay, and it depends on how much he's willing to lose here. He's got four years left in his deal, and they could pull the same thing the Sixers did and just not pay him. And we see what happened with Philly. We could see how long, you know, that's going to last. Like, at a certain point, you do get reported checks in this league. Um, and if that's not going to happen, then, you know, you really got to think about, like, what else he could possibly do. So it depends on how long Durant's going to hold out. Brooklyn shouldn't feel in a rush. At the same time, Brooklyn's best chance to win is next year. 
And the, the missing piece here is Kyrie. Kyrie's an interesting thing. And I'll explain why. Simmons, you don't know, he's a huge question mark. So obviously, if Simmons plays great, he could alter the situation a little bit where you feel as, a, as the Nets maybe go the other way, as we discussed in the past, and, and Josiah realizes, look, there's no chance for this team to contend now if we move Durant. Let's just get younger. Right? And then I think the best player you get in a deal to get younger, and I hate saying this as a Celtics fan, is Jalen Brown. There's just not uh, another piece out there that, that's going to be good enough to, to do anything with. And you don't want to get so bad because Houston's got your first. You don't even have your own first-rounders. But Jalen Brown and, and Ben Simmons is a good foot to start off of if you're going to move Durant. Now, it, the team that should be going after Durant, now taking advantage of the situation, is Phoenix. But again, this goes back down to the other problem here is teams also have lack of self-awareness, uh, don't understand some of the value of their own talent, right? Like, But if, if Phoenix... Phoenix got a chance to win the title next year if they moved Booker and even a few firsts, and that was the deal uh, for Durant. And I would do that if I'm Phoenix because... Chris Paul is going to be at a certain age. I don't think Booker, I think Booker's quite overrated. He's a, a one-way talent. And that team, I think, could definitely win the title with Durant. And then Durant gets his, you know, the ring and could, could actually do some damage with Phoenix the last three years there of, of, his, of his deal. Um, but in the current situation, the reason why it's dependent on Kyrie to an extent, and this is the interesting point, is so there's a high likelihood that Simmons fiasco just doesn't resolve, right? That, you know, his agent says something else about some other concern and he doesn't get back to playing. So if that's the case, then it's really dependent on a Kyrie-KD tandem. And look, that tandem can be successful. But the kicker for me is Kyrie's on a one-year deal. So if Kyrie and KD were in any cahoots whatsoever with this, which, you know, it would be pretty easy for them to be, KD would be like, look, I'm holding out, but, you know, I need you to hold out too, right? Because the advantage that that would have is Brooklyn would lose. Ownership would get, start getting a little more desperate. Both people aren't playing. And, you know, Kyrie has a payday coming. But that's the kicker. Kyrie can't hold out. He can't, he has to play well because he got an incentive. And now the truth is, look, if Kyrie pulled the same shenanigans he did last year, the Lakers are going to sign him. And, they're, and they're, they might give him good money. But the difference is the years. So if Kyrie has a really good season, helps lead Brooklyn deep in the playoffs, that could guarantee him a four-year deal with, with the Lakers, uh, or at least a multi-year deal. Right now, I, don't, I think teams are going to try to do you know, one year with him. It's just too risky otherwise. And I think um, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, who am I competing with? Right, and I don't think anybody is clamoring to sign Kyrie next off season. I could be wrong, but I just don't see that. I don't think people want to buy their way into a title that way. Um, and also, just uh, there's no no one else is. You only do it if you're really a Kyrie away, and the only team, you know, maybe the Clippers, but the, but the other teams aren't going to have the cap space to do it. So Kyrie has to play well. He's the Lakers are going to be competing against themselves, I get it. Because that's really the only team that I think is going to make a run for Kyrie. But it's going to be the years that's going to, that should incentivize Kyrie. 
So there's, there's, and there's obviously variations there, but if he pulls the same shenanigans, shenanigans as he did last year, he's not getting more than a one-year deal. If he has a decent year, kind of is on or off in terms of when he actually plays and the commitment level, uh, but plays when it counts, maybe that's multi-years. If he has a great year, maybe that's a four-year max. So there's, uh, but in, in uh, extreme ranges, he could, he's got a shot at getting a legit four-year extension here and, and this could be his last contract in the NBA. These stars fade fast. This is people need to understand this, right? Like you get arrogant now, right? It's like the old saying. I think there was a, it's a, a lot of it could be Steve Martin and or Dean Martin rather has this famous quote, which is like, "Be nice to the people on the way up because you're going to need them on the way down," right? And NBA stars don't understand sometimes that like their star prowess doesn't last forever. Stephon Marbury is a great example. Allen Iverson's another example, right? Where just because you were treated like an MVP level your first two years or stuff, you had this prime, doesn't mean that's always going to last. And if Kyrie dogs it again and he signs with the Lakers for one year and it's not a great year, he, he could be out of the league. I mean, there's a real shot he's out of the league in like two years. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, uh, the smaller one, not, not the Detroit Pistons, the Celtic, was almost an MVP candidate is out of the league. Now, granted, that's more because people realize the limitation on D. Um, but you, ha- but like sometimes, like Kyrie, I think can't you can't take this for granted. Simmons can't take it for granted either. All these guys, neither can Durant. And I think there's definitely a lesson there where your value could diminish quite quickly for not maintaining a certain level of play. Everyone else is getting better. And they're not going to put up with the shenanigans and the, and the disrespect to. Forget the franchise and the fans. It's the rest of the team, right? If you're part of a team, you want to know who's who's going to be competing with you in and out. It's not like a, a left-right thing or a social thing. It's just, you know, anytime you're with a, a company or a team or a group of people uh, who are counting on you, um, you know, you need to prove to them that you're ready, willing, and able to deliver. So that's the first thing for me with, uh, with Kyrie. And I think... If he's got the right people in his ear, and they're like, look, I know there's, there's all these interesting changes and things. Money is money, right? The guy enjoys playing basketball, I would think. He might not. but And he might not like the PR around it, and I get all that. Um, but there's a massive difference here. If you get a one-year deal and you're okay, maybe that guarantees you, what, 20 to $30 million. Okay? And look, that's good money, right? $20, $30 million is great, great money. But four years, and at his age, there could be there between $30 million and $200 million. As insane as that sounds. It, it is. Right? Because if he gets a four-year deal, it's going to be for a healthy amount. And the Lakers are a team that's willing to pay. And, you know, he's, he's willing to do that. Right? So, I, I don't think... I think Kyrie's going to play, and I think he's going to have a good season, okay? Um, and then the question is with Simmons, right? So now was, if, if Durant holds out, if Simmons is back, then, uh, you know, Brooklyn doesn't need to feel as compelled as they previously did, right, to, you know, to make that move, right? They don't feel as compelled to, to have the pressure with KD. I think they... 
hold off salary-wise. And I think what's going to happen is they're just going to have a conversation with KD and Kleinman and all of them and be like, look, it behooves all of us, everyone involved, for this team to be as good as possible, right? If Durant shows he's really good, his value is going to stick high. Uh, and then the Nets are going to feel like they can get a decent value for him. If Kyrie plays well, he's gonna, his next contract is going to be great, okay? And if Simmons plays well, now he's, he's back in it and all that. So the Nets aren't going to make any moves where they're moving the guy for 75 cents on a dollar. They made that known. They might have to incur a discount for KD, but no one right now is desperate enough. So they're going to have to hold out. The other big problem is it's not even that the market's softer for him. One of the biggest issues I've always seen in a Durant situation, as I noted, is the, the actual big issue that really hurts is the whole Simmons, uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, problem. And let me, I'll elaborate, okay? Um, there's, a, there's right now a rule basically where two guys who got a max extension off a same rookie deal, I'm trying to remember the exact thing, can't be on the same roster, something like that. As a result, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons can't be on the same roster. The reason why this is a problem is, in theory, the, the best situation that could work is Durant goes to Team X, Team X sends assets to Utah, Utah sends Mitchell to Brooklyn. And maybe another piece, right? Another veteran piece. Um, Maybe a couple other pieces from the Jazz. Who knows? But that's the triangle that, in theory, could have legs. But, unfortunately, it doesn't because they can't be on the same team. So, there's not like a third star you can get in a, in a Durant deal. It does not exist. Um, and as a result, there's just no... Like, Durant's holding out, but Brooklyn has the leverage here. There's no one else that he could move to. And, like, this is not good for the league where you sign a guy for four years. Like, don't sign the contract. Okay? It's one thing that if you're, like, about to be an expiring or whatever and you tell the team, which I think is actually a fair thing, like, look, I'm probably not going to resign here or something. Or if you don't... If you don't agree to your extension, that means you're probably not resigning. A great example is the Juan Soto thing. It's baseball, but it still applies where... You know, they told them, they're like, no, we're, um, this, is the, this is the money we're going to pay you, and that's it. And he said no to that extension, and they were at kind of an impasse. And if the guy doesn't sign the extension, you, you kind of have to trade him. And they did, and they got, you know, a boatload from San Diego. So that's fine. The guy's, you know, rejected to an extension. He does, he's telling you he's not going to stay with the team that's in his right uh, as a player to do that. But once you sign the contract... You have to honor the contract. And, like, sorry, shit happens. Like, unfortunately, sometimes the team isn't in the realm it is. And, and this player empowerment movement where people, like, anybody can just demand a trade to jump ship from a situation is, is not okay. So, you know, I think the Sixers try to hold a stand where, like, you know, and, and, and for the Sixers, it wasn't as, sorry, it wasn't as bad for Simmons. It was still bad. He's under contract. Right, but at least the guy demands a trade after his own team kind of throws him under the bus and all that. Right, like I don't know what you're gonna expect from him. 
Um, but, you know, for right now, it's not, um, it's not going to be an ideal, uh, an ideal spot there. Moving on to, um, you know, the, the rest of the situation. So let's, let's just kind of play it out what Brooklyn's going to do and let's predict some elements here, right? So, look, I, I think the Nets are just going to let him hold out. They're not going to pay him, okay? They're going to have some conversation. Durant needs to show that, like, I don't know, some ego thing, I guess, or something. But they cannot get a trade for him. Um, the Nets are not going to want to get younger. And they'll, they'll just hold on to it. But I think what I could see happening is, and this is the thing for the Nets, is like if Simmons, let's just play the following scenario. If Simmons is okay, right, and Kyrie leaves next year, is that team really contending the following year, right? So it's a very short-sighted move from Josai. It behooves Josai to move Durant for like a few young pieces and really try to instill Simmons as the new face of the franchise. And then, you know, get picks where you can, get some cleverness where you can. That, to me, is the best idea. Now, I don't know when Aiton could be moved, but an Aiton, Bridges, Johnson, and multiple picks package is, is a fantastic package. I don't think you're going to get better than that. And again, you could reroute, right? So you could reroute Aiton to, uh, to Indiana, maybe, maybe get an asset. To Atlanta, get a few assets. I mean, Atlanta already moved all their assets for DeJounte Murray, so there's not much there. But there's a way to replenish picks. And if you'll humor me, here's an idea of what Brooklyn should do, right? So let's say for Brooklyn, it was move Durant, and you're able to get an Enjo Harris, okay? And you get back Aiton, Bridges, and Johnson. So I'm keeping Bridges and, and Johnson, who I'm going to play with, you know, Simmons, okay? Um, so great. So now I'm playing with Simmons. This is if Simmons is pretty good, right? The next thing I do is I, I'm not keeping him. I just, I don't think he's been for today's NBA and all that. I'm getting guys who are switchable. So, you know, I, I look through the teams. Um, but, like, if I could get Akungo out of Atlanta and John Collins... To me, that, that's quite interesting. They could shoot. They could space. They just get, I just run like a deep team. It's a little different. Okay, I can't get a pick. Um, I'm not going to get Hunter in that deal. But I think Akungo, Collins, and like another town. I just go super deep, right? Maybe like Bogey for Aiton and like Mills. Okay, so I got Bogdanovich, Collins. I don't even want Capella. Akungo. Nice, young, deep team. And then Kyrie's gone. It is what it is. Right? I might move Kyrie already to the Lakers. Let me get a few first. Let's get Westbrook and, uh, and the two future first. Kyrie's gone. Let him just, let him just you know, jumpstart him to the Lakers. I'm not keeping Westbrook. I'm just going to wave him. So if I do moves like this, I build it around Simmons. I, I roll with Simmons, uh, Bridges, um, you know, Johnson, I still got Royce O'Neal, John Collins, 
I got Makungo. Um, yeah, I still got Seth Curry, Patty Mills, uh, Bogey. I probably need another playmaker there, but I think I just try to get a deep team. The Phoenix package to me is the best. The question is going to be where you can reroute Aiton. But even if you keep Aiton, let's see, just keep him. And it's Simmons, Johnson, Bridges, O'Neal, Aiton. You know, that's not bad. For this like young up and coming team, it's pretty good. Um, I take advantage of, of a team that's a little desperate, but what have you. So yeah, I look to get really deep, really young. Um, and, and my goal is to turn Simmons into an MVP candidate. And I think it could happen if the team gets around, they get resurrected, get the Lakers picks. I probably I have the Phoenix picks now, and I need to get some picks for eight. Atlanta's not going to give it to me, so I got to. Probably look around the league. Washington's an idea. Uh, but look around the league and see where I can get picks for you. But yeah, essentially, that's sort of the triangular dynamic um, that I think, you know, works really, really well. Right? Um, but yeah, we shall see what happens. But, you know, they do a move like that. Also, these teams have to realize, like, you don't have to tank, okay? So if you feel like Simmons is good, actually, Simmons being good helps me with this. Let me just replenish my first, right? So obviously, I got some from Philly in that Harton deal. I could, I could find a way to get back my first. I draft well, and I could come back at it, right? Like, yeah, sure, you to, um, Houston still getting my picks, but if I'm, if I'm clamoring for a low playoff seed, okay, Simmons has a chance to resurrect his career, I just get a bunch of switchable wings, some some high upside guys. I think that's good. The Phoenix deal to me is, is just the, it's just the best package for Durant, um, and they don't even realize it. The question is going to be when there are a lot of move Aiton in this, and then that could be the wink wink with Brooklyn. It could be like, look, Durant, we're going to move you to Phoenix. We'll take this package. It's a great package, and we just got to wait because Aiton can't be dealt at a certain point, and that's it. Or they could hold out. They could have a week we deal with Phoenix and, and hold out until mid-January. And, and, and Durant, you know, can warm up practice, make sure he doesn't get hurt, and then be ready to go for Phoenix. That's fine, right? I, I would actually do that as well. That, to me, is such a better route. Move Kyrie to the Lakers and get two firsts there, okay? I don't care what else they get back on that deal. I can just empty. Okay, it can be Wasbrook's expiring. And then not only that, I'm, I'm a free agent player because now I don't have... You know, if I move, it depends what I do with Aiden, but I could become one. And I don't know, maybe just get a couple of guys who I feel like make sense for this team. I'm not going to make any big moves, but it's just an easier, um, you know, reroutable move. It is, or, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios here that can play. I, I, it makes no sense for me. The, or the Nets, again, because of when... Kyrie situation is not staying. The way Joe Stein needs to think about this is, am I going to win a title with this team next year? Okay, that's the, the main goal at the end of this, right? And I don't know, if you have a star player, forgetting everything else, if your best player doesn't want to be on the team, I don't know your odds of, of contending. Right? Like, I... You know, if, if you're number two guy, maybe. But your number one guy? 
Are they going to beat Milwaukee? Are they going to beat Boston? And the whole thing is moot. If, if Kevin Durant really doesn't want to be there, do I trust him in a playoff series? Like if the Celtics or the Nets. Is Durant at 80% and Kyrie at 100%? Is that going to do it for me? I don't... I don't love the answer to that. And, and at the end of the day, the guy's injury prone. He's on four years. Phoenix is willing to give me a package I would take regardless. All right? I, I, what the Nets need to take from this is they, they just got to get more homegrown guys. And that's got to be the route they take. Let fans embrace these players, you know, and, and start with something. And I think the best way to do that is if you move Durant for the younger pieces like the Phoenix package... Let the fans take in these guys, embrace them, build from there. Get picks, get homegrown guys that way. You build a new core in Brooklyn. You do it the right way. Are you going to be better than what the current roster is right now? No. But in two or three years, you'll have a much brighter future. You'll build more a communal core with the team. You know, Brooklyn with with Durant and, and Kate Kyrie... Uh, is really like a traveling team, as I've said. You know, they're like, like the Svaz, the uh, South Florida Hebrew Academy or Association's you know, team. They're just kind of like a barnyard team, right? This isn't, this really has that feel, you know? This really feels like a traveling team, like like the Harlem Globetrotters. This isn't a, uh, a team I would classify um, as anything you know, beyond that. So that's the only concern I would have, um, you know, with them. And look, as long as, you know, I think in the NBA to to perform really well, you have to get a really strong mainstay with your community and you build from there. These national teams don't last because they're, they're predicated on you getting star quality talent. And once Durant, Kyrie leaves and stuff, and that's going to fade fast. Brooklyn has a very low RSN rating as a result. That's the proof, right? Um, but, yeah, let's see how uh, how things shake up in Brooklyn. I, I think they just hold down and they, they just double down on an already bad idea.